G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 weekdays from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. With Christmas almost upon us, it might be a good time to look at Old St. Nick. If you're a regular listener to Vision, you'll know that we like to focus our attention on the event of the Incarnation through the birth of Jesus At that very first Christmas, it's rare for us to give a lot of attention to Santa Claus because the image of Santa Claus, the original St. Nicholas, has been largely lost in the hype and consumerism that's become Christmas for people who don't know the reality of Christ at Christmas time. St. Nicholas was a real person and there are a lot of facts and details about St. Nicholas that might surprise you. Given it is Christmas, we've tracked down an expert on St. Nicholas in the UK. James Rosenthal is from the St. Nicholas Centre. Hello, James. Welcome to 2020. Thank you, sir. Very nice to talk to you, and um, I look forward to our conversation. Jim, tell me how you got interested in St. Nicholas. Now, you are, in fact, just as we continue here, you're a minister of the gospel, a uh, a minister in the Anglican Church, and you've become very interested in the character of St. Nicholas. Well, in the Anglican tradition, of course, we do recognize uh, the importance of saints in the Book of Common Prayer from 1662, which is still our official worship book. Um, saints are, are commemorated, and St. Nicholas is one that's always been kept in the calendar and continues to this day. St. Nicholas was a bishop, and for 20 years, I was the director of communications for the Worldwide Anglican Communion, which meant I met bishops and talked to bishops every day. I kept trying to find in my work an image of a bishop that was absolutely superlative, one that, that you know, orthodox in belief, kind and generous and giving, um, firm in the gospel, all those things that, that energize and, and keep in our tradition, the church leadership alive. And when I look back at history, this St. Nicholas kept reappearing, kept reappearing, and I thought, it's about time I find out about him. And when I did find out about him, I was pleasantly surprised. And I think for Christians to ignore him is something they're doing at their own peril. And Jim, you have become uh, so interested in St. Nicholas that you've surrounded yourself with a whole lot of St. Nicholas images, and uh, there are icons from antiquity uh, that you've been able to collect, and the evidence is growing about this particular character. Well, yes, um, probably the, the, the saddest part of what I do is the fact that I did, uh, especially with my enthusiasm growing, I did collect a lot of things that were about St. Nicholas, books, um, uh, cards, anything that had the image of this this saint, rather than dare I even say it, Santa Claus. Now, the reality is there are dozens of images around. In England, over 
400 churches are named for St. Nicholas. But yet there's a certain ignorance about the person and um, a lackluster approach to, to his excellent tradition. So I believe spirit-led, uh, I, was, um, this, I decided that it's full steam ahead. And with all my collection, all the things around me, I went on a journey, a spiritual journey, to see what I could do with this man of God and how I, too, could be like him and in what I did, and especially, especially now, and every year it gets worse, the fact that there's less and less talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. There's more and more talk about other kinds of things, from snowmen to Santas, and um, something we have to live with. But let's give this Santa Claus a real test, and let's give him his real name, his real garb, his real function, and bring him back to who he was in in light of our own faith. And in fact, you use your interest in St. Nicholas to point to the real meaning of Christmas. Yes. This is the big difference between, uh, in England here we have what we call uh, Father Christmas, and of course, 25 years ago when I arrived in England from the United States, there was no mention of Santa Claus, really. Now he is everywhere. Santa, of course, means saint. Klaus is half of the word Niklaus. But, of course, the whole attempt of changing the name was to take away the religious aspects. He dresses the original saint as a bishop. Now, I know in the evangelical tradition that's probably not the most common uh, outfit that people see. But, again, it is Christian in its origin. The name St. Nicholas is Christian. He's a Christian person. He lived a Christian life. He's, um, he, was a, he was a minister. He was a priest. He was a bishop. Um, so all the things about him point to why he did what he did. He did it because of the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ to do good, to speak the truth in, in, in faith and love. And all the things that Jesus commanded us to do, this man did to the extent that it's absolutely almost like a wonder worker, and that's why they call him that, because he is so good, he is so so complete in his faith and his actions, faith without works is dead, according to James, that he is so good that why do we ignore him? And the thing that is most wonderful about him is that he's the one who would make us want to follow him to Bethlehem, fall on our knees, and say, this is the reason for Christmas. I am just one of the ways that God has given us to help people find the truth behind the story. And the real historical St. Nicholas dates back to one of the most significant times in the history of the Church, uh, into the 4th century, the Council of Nicaea. He was one of the representatives there. Absolutely. He he was one of the persons that um, Nicaea, uh, whether one realizes it or not, was a foundational moment for the Church. It's where we get what we call the Nicene Creed. And the people at that time in the Church were disagreeing over the nature of Jesus Christ. Was Jesus just a man, or was he the Son of God, as well as being the Son of Mary? And so Nicholas firmly believed in the fact that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. But others didn't. And the famous story at Nicaea, one of the bishops called Arius, a very famous name, because there's a, a whole 
group of people who followed this bishop, and he did not believe in the divinity of Christ. And the story goes that this bishop was waxing eloquently about his, his what we would call heresy today, and Nicholas slaps him across the face because he was denying the divinity of Christ. Whether that story is absolutely true or not, the question is, Nicholas stands for the faith. He stands for the orthodox and un, undeniable faith in who Jesus Christ was. So naturally, he is, as Santa Claus or Father Christmas, when he, you give the man back his title, his clothes, and his roots, he is the perfect person to bring us to Bethlehem. Jim, stay with us, because I'd like to come back and talk some more, because iconographers down through the centuries have had images of St. Nicholas, the original St. Nicholas, and now there's a modern forensic reconstruction. So we'll find out what the real St. Nicholas looked like and tell people how they can find out too. Stay with us, James Rosenthal from the St. Nicholas Centre. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking about old St. Nick. We're giving some attention to Santa Claus because the image of the original St. Nicholas has largely been lost in the hype and consumerism that's become a less Christian Christmas for so many. Given that it is Christmas, we are talking with an expert on St. Nicholas from the UK. James Rosenthal is founder of the St. Nicholas Centre. James, there are some similarities between Santa Claus and the original St. Nicholas, but there are also some stark differences. Absolutely, there are similarities between uh, the name itself. Santa Claus is, a, is certainly derived from St. Nicholas. It's, 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 it's very clear. However, what the inventors of Santa Claus did in America, uh, basically Coca-Cola and a few journalists, was to strip St. Nicholas, this Santa Claus, of any religious, any religious identity. Because, again, even though in America the first church in New Amsterdam, in what's now New York, was called St. Nicholas Church, the Dutch arrived and they brought this incredible tradition with them. Even though it was a escape for religious freedom, there was something, something just so special about the tradition of St. Nicholas that the Dutch brought him. However, over the years, when New Amsterdam became New York, and there was a greater plea for this a non-religious aspect to Christmas, voila, what do we get but a jolly elf? St. Nicholas was no elf. He was a real human being who loved the Lord, loved people, and did good in the name of Christ. There is a connection too, isn't there, with a story about the original St. Nicholas and the idea of hanging stockings over the fireplace. Tell us how that story unfolds. Yes, it's a marvelous story. It's probably one of the best stories about St. Nicholas. And it it emphasizes his generosity and just giving away money. He was a rich man. His parents were rich, and uh, they died young, according to tradition. And he... um, he was a very fine man, in that, but he, he also knew the value of story. And where did he learn that from? He learned it from Jesus Christ, who, of course, teaches us in the parables many of the things we need to know in order to live a good life. So he finds in, in his village a fact that there are three daughters who are not going to have enough money to be married. Of course, those days people needed dowries to be married. He decides to visit their home, and drop bags of gold into the chimney. Does that sound familiar? Then the chimney, the bags of gold fall into the stockings that are hanging to dry 
on the fireplace, thus the Christmas stocking. So this night visitor saves these two, two girls. And then the third night, the father stays up. He says, I bet this person's going to come back. Nicholas does his thing, money through the chimney. Voila, they realize it's Nicholas. The man pushes him to the ground, praises him, praises him. He says, praise God only. Don't praise me. I do this because this is what Jesus wants me to do. And don't tell anybody. But, of course, the reality is they told everybody. And then Nicholas's reputation <clears throat> goes before him. And to this day, he is known as the wonder worker and the gift giver. He especially liked children, and he also liked and prayed for sail- sailors, because sailors, uh, some of us don't realize that it was by the sea, when we didn't do things by air, that um, most of the world's business was done. So he was had a special, special uh, care for sailors as well. Let's talk about a, a special link in your website where people can get a idea of the face of the real St. Nicholas. Now, of course, this dates back to the 4th century. There were no uh, photographers around at that stage, but there are iconographers through, through the centuries who've come up with images. Well, this is, this, you have to look back to St. Luke, the evangelist, and, um, to, to try to understand what's transpiring here. And you've hit it right on the head that iconography was the way it was done. And I think the fact is many people believe that St. Luke, although being a physician and, and, and gospel writer, also was what we call an iconographer. And he supposedly made the first image ever of um, the Virgin Mary and the Christ child. And of course his story of that, that event is, is one of the most poignant in the Gospels. And so this tradition of iconography did did linger and became very important, especially to our friends in the Eastern Orthodox Church to to this very day, even though other churches um, are are incorporating it in their worship, uh, uh, certainly in this part of the world. But the reality is, there was this always wanting to find out who this real man was, what he looked like, and any details about him, because he became so important over the years. In Bari, Italy, an obscure place, we find the tomb or the bones or the relics of St. Nicholas. They were looked at, measured, everything possible to do that you do scientifically to discover the origins of someone were done. And they came up with an image of what they believed St. Nicholas actually looked like. And it wouldn't surprise anybody. A large man with beautiful white hair um, and a beard, and there he is, and it sort of soothes that inquiring mind to actually know that indeed um, this was a real person, and that's one of the ways they do it scientifically. I have to admit, I am not a scientist, so I can't wax too eloquently about it. But again, it's part of the human human um, journey to want to identify with someone as important to this. And for Christians, I think it's it's absolutely necessary in this day and age when we're losing hold of so much of our, our traditions and our faith that we better look at these things that God has given us, these people God has given us, and rejoice that they can lead us to faith. Well, he certainly is an important identity in the history of the Church, 
And uh, I'm sure that there'll be those listening into our conversation now that out of curiosity will want to see what a modern forensic reconstruction of St Nicholas' face might look like uh, because of what you described there in that scientific uh, way that you can reconstruct a a potential image. And I'll point people to the website, which is St Nicholas Centre. Now, stnicholascentre.org. And right. you'll be able to find your way around that site. But James, just a pleasure talking and thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. And uh, certainly as you are reflecting on St. Nicholas, who points to the birth of the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, I certainly appreciate your time and uh, appreciate the work that you've done with that St. Nicholas Centre. God bless you all. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.